When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Von Joseph a first serve. To the Jabir forehand. Jabir keeps it low. Jabir gets a backhand into the open space. Von Joseph defends. Jabir with a backhand down the line. Von Joseph defends. Forehand down the middle. Von Joseph a backhand enough to force the error. 40 love. It's three championship points. Marquette Von Joseph has three championship points to become the Wimbledon champion. I don't think I've counted Von Joseva in for pretty much any of her matches so far. So to see her come the whole way through here, this is phenomenal. Misses the first serve though. Second serve. Here we go. Double faults on the first championship point of the match. <laughs> Second championship point. We have seen her lose a 40 love lead already. Well, she did it again. First serve down the tee. Shabir just gets it back into play. Open court. It's not enough and Vodrosova wins the title. She is the Wimbledon champion. Marquette Vondrosova is the Wimbledon champion. Good match point. I like a match point like that in a way. I agree. I mean, I loved the match point yesterday with Carlos and Daniel. Um, but yeah, that was nice. And it was also nice looking at the team and seeing, I don't know if it's her sister or not. It's just a, a, me jumping to a conclusion there, but tearful as, as each point was being ticked off. Um, but another one slips away for arms, but maybe a word on Von Drusova. You've been big on Von Drusova most of the year, albeit not, of course, coming into this Wimbledon final or even just the Wimbledon tournament, sorry. Um, but she's done it. I think she'd only had three grass court wins or something like that in her entire career before this tournament. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of frustrating because I kept picking Von Drusova for finals and titles and finals and... I didn't thank her for this one. I kept cutting her, <laughs> cutting her out in grass. I just didn't think it was going to happen. And <laughs> she's totally proven me wrong. Um, so, I, you know, I, I still am mega surprised with that in mind, just because I didn't think she was a particularly good grass court player. I knew how good she was. She's such an awkward player to play. And if you're feeling nervous, she's going to find you out. There's no way she's going to miss some of those shots. She's just got such safety in that forehand compared to Jabir's in particular. And that is exactly what it came down to, right, John? There was a lot of just unforced errors from Jabir, positions where she should have been winning the point where she wasn't. That all slipped away pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I I mean, I think the biggest disappointment for me from Arns' perspective is that I don't think either player played close to their best. Of course, Marquetta probably was a bit more solid at certain points. I mean, the unforced errors count as Ghost is highlighting in the chat. 32 off the racket of Arns. 
but I just don't think she turned up at all today. I think I think she clearly turned up at various points of both of her previous two Grand Slam finals. In fact, probably throughout large parts of it. I mean, she wins a set against Rabakana, and, and the Rabakana we know today is a very different sort of um, situation to where she was a year ago, at least in terms of her standing in the world game. And as we said as well, she played really well in that second set in the US Open in New York, could easily have forced a third, and then who knows, uh, against a player that was just insanely good in 2022 and even parts of 2023. So I, I just think that there's going to be, I don't know which one's worse. I mean, she's on us. She's this on one. it. Yeah. This yeah, one's yeah. Worth the, almost definitely for me. Um, I said at the start of the match, he shouldn't be feeling nervous from every match he's played so far, and um, she was nervous. And that's the that was the difference in the end. So. The, the thing is, the nerves can can come and go, and the problem was the sort of nervousness or or, or lack of confidence, possibly, just stayed throughout. Whether it be when she was serving at four all, or even in that last game of the match. You know, there were some shots that went long. She pulled the trigger far too early in one rally, I thought. And I know it's, it's easy to be clever after the event, but she was up in the rally and she just needed to stay solid and stay up in the rally, I felt. Because Von Drusova, by the way, she made, I think, uh, half a dozen unforced errors in the first set, but just four in the second. And that is, that's quite impressive. If it remained at four, and I think it did throughout the second set. But I don't know, I just thought that, Shaber was a bit impatient at times, and um, and when, I mean, I don't know how you get out of it. It's really difficult when you're in a, a, a rut. And like I say, it's it's not just nerves; it's like lack of belief. And I think there was a lack of belief for Mons today. Yeah, she certainly didn't have that prior to the match, but then it all just it all just unraveled. It all just unraveled really quickly, John. And I wish three one, of course, in the second set. So she's up a break four two, and she's up a break three one in both sets. I would have liked to have seen a third set and then see them both bring it because I don't think we ha- certainly didn't have a moment in the match where both bought it at the same time. And like I say, I don't think we- I think Von Drusova played much better in, in her previous two matches, for example. Yeah, I'd agree definitely. Um, there was definitely but the some- occasion and all that, and that's often the case. There was a bit um, of that definitely from Von Drusova as well, for sure. Um, so there was a, you know, there was plenty of chances for Jabir to take the initiative and kind of and go ahead, but it all happened very quickly, John. Right, we've we've barely been on here for much more than over an hour, right? Yeah, right. it was quick. It yeah, and it just sort of, as you say, unraveled at various points. I think this is an, a deep dive analysis from Ghosty on where the unforced errors were coming from. Nineteen yeah. on the backhand and thirteen on the forehand. Yeah, I believe Vanch is going to join us. In fact, I think he's here. Sorry, I do apologise. I think I can see him now. Hey, Vanch. Hey there, hey, Vanch. Hey, Jack. Hey, John. Thank you. How are you? Good. How are you? Yeah. Could <laughs> yeah, yeah. be better. I knew what I was asking, but yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> when we ask how are you, we don't, sure. we don't, we don't want to know. We just. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just gave a pretty surface level answer first, and now the second time I'll tell you how I really feel. Not particularly great. That was that was a shame. That that hurt quite a bit to watch. It could have been a lot easier to stomach for sure. I would have preferred seven five seven five in the third to what ended up being quite a damp squib, to be honest. Yeah. 
Is that how you feel, Vance? Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, you know, generally as analysts, you know, we try to be as neutral as you possibly can. But I just feel like in this situation, you know, Hans winning would be would be so big for the for the game and you know, just transcending the sport and taking it to places that, you know, it's never gone before. And I was just so invested in the whole outcome of this final because, you know, Anz is almost 29 and you don't know if she's ever going to get a chance like this ever again. I mean, it's... Whereas Von Drusova, this was her second major final and obviously, you know, if she stays healthy and injury-free, she's... She should be seated for every slam and then you always have a chance for us. Tears, tears, I can see this. I think there weren't tears last year. I don't remember. Maybe they were, but there's tears this year. There's a, I actually felt it going into this final, albeit over a much shorter time frame. I had sort of, uh, I know Andy Murray got touched upon, but I also had Jana Novotna vibes in terms of she wasn't quite as close to the Wimbledon crown a, a year ago, but they'd, Going into the final, I think many people, me, me in particular, were ignoring the threat that Rabakina was going to pose. I know that Jack, um, oh, she's getting a round of applause here. I, Jack, I think you might be right. This one is more painful this year. Has to be. Yeah. Has to be. See, I mean, the, the level she brought into the final, she was playing so well. I think, I think she did believe prior to the final she was going to win it and... Yeah, her own game let her down. I don't know. It's just it was it was quite sad to watch it all kind of unravel the way it did. Definitely, the first six games, uh, it did feel like that. As as I see Marquetta receive her winner's trophy, um, and she holds it aloft. And hats off to her. It's been a remarkable run that that so few people saw coming. Uh, if you got uh, a pound on Rabakina a year ago at the beginning of the tournament, I'd love to know who had a pound on Marquetta from Drusova. Uh, lifting the trophy. Of course, she's from the Czech Republic and we see a few glimpses of Czech-born uh, Martina Navratilova. Yeah. I, I mean, the Jana Novotna thing, fortunately, over a five-year time frame, did have a happy ending. But what what you were saying there, Vanch, about, um, you know, how many more chances. I, I actually thought she wasn't going to get another chance even this year, but yeah, here she is yeah. now in, in the final and she's about to speak. But I don't know if you want to elaborate on anything else I've said, Vanch. I'm just kind of reiterating what you've said. No, I mean, I felt like, see, she wasn't, like, extremely nervous at the very start. Like, you know, she was doing, practically, she was playing the right way. She was hitting behind Wondrosova quite a bit. Jabir. She was hitting her, yeah, backhand down the line. Well, yeah, Jabir. And, you know, she was too low, 40-15 up. And then she had those four break points in the fourth game. And you felt like if she just took one of those chances... You know, she might suddenly all that pressure just might be released, and she might be able to play more freely. Especially if you have consolidated your break, which she didn't get to do in this match at all. Really, she never like consolidated a break lead uh, in the entire match. So that was that was always a bit rough because, like, I mean, even in that two love game when she had a game point, she just gave it away with three unforced errors, and you could tell she was just really tight, and you could sense it in her footwork. That was the biggest thing, and. Um, I was starting to wonder if there might be like a, a physical issue, like just having played all those matches that she did. I mean, against the, it was quite a route to get to the final four major champions, you know, Andrescu, Kovitova. Like she showed so much mental toughness against Rubakina and Sabalenka from a set down. And I just, and this is just a completely different match for her because Wondrusova just is so steady. She's so reliable. Uh, she defends so well in, in the corners. Jabor has to hit like five different has to basically win the point five times in order to get the ball by 
Marquetta, and that's what Marquetta did just did so well. And then she also, you know, felt a taste of her own medicine with those drop shots that Wondrous was able to hit, particularly off her backhand and just drag uh, Jabor. Jabor hasn't played someone like this um, all tournament. So that was a big difference in terms of like the style of match. Igor Sviontek taking to Twitter to congratulate Marketa. Um, Ghibli's right. Maybe we need to give a bit more credit to uh, the Czech. Uh, Jack, why is it that you have been pretty big on Marketa throughout this year? Uh, Wimbledon aside. There's not loads of players that have a game like hers. It's very different. I think as Van just touched on, she's super steady. But it also helps being super steady when you're a lefty, right? So if you yeah. can go steady into the, the backhand of your opponent with that much margin, that much spin, a la Rafa Nadal, you're going to have a lot of joy. And there's not loads of ladies players that come to mind that have even just that lefty forehand, you know, that much spin on it. But she's also got the variety, you know, the drop shots, are actually a weapon in her game. They're not just a novelty. She can use them really well. She used them at the French really well. Um, she's got a lovely slice, you know, um, and she's not bad off the backhand either. It's pretty clear she's got a pretty unique game in the, the women's, and a lot of the time that's all you need, something that stands you out from the rest of the crowd, right? Like Ash Barty, Iga Svontek, yeah. you know, these players have something that, that makes them special, and Fondrosova has that. Like, she deserves to be here as a titleist. And yeah, I saw Karim as well. Um, I think that's the partner of um, <clears throat> of Jabir sobbing as well. I mean, both boxes, of course, were were quite emotional. We saw one or two people in the box of Marketa von Drusova actually crying when she had match points. But of course, they were tears of joy in the end. If uh, a little fear, uh, I can just hear the speeches right now of, of von Drusova, of course, congratulating Arms on, on a great run. Shabura, by the way, said this was the most painful defeat of her career. And yeah, runners up speech. Yeah. Thank, I'm glad you 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 highlighted that because um, I was kind of trying to keep an ear on. But I've got I've got I've got Vanch and, and you and me and my, our thoughts being shared. I'm trying to share Twitter and I'm trying to watch the TV and of course the German speakers are speaking over it because I've got it on in on German <laughs> TV and I just wasn't capable of. I was barely capable of doing one of those things. Never mind five. Um, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what else she said. She also on, said. Right. She also said she's not going to give up. She'll come back stronger. She's um, willing to keep fighting. Great. Thank you, um, Jack. Um, yeah, regarding Jabir, I do think that that despite the the credit that we've given to, to Von Drusova and Ghibli's right to highlight that in the chat, um, I do think that Von Drusova can play better and I think that Arns can play a lot better. Right, Vanch? Yeah, uh, I do. I do believe so. I also think uh, Von Drusova's serve has been a little underrated uh, in, uh, you know, in this tournament because she it's normally a second serve that can be attacked. And Anz was doing a good job sometimes on the ad side, stepping in and like really taking control of it. Uh, you know, the problem was that the way she was kind of subjected to it, didn't give herself much margin um, uh, when she was attacking. And it, it always felt like she was either going way too close to the lines or she was having to just make make shots way too good. And, uh, and uh, you know, she didn't really just trust her baseline level today. And that was, that was quite disappointing. That's why we saw a lot of, a lot of unforced errors and just a lot of um, like indecision in big moments. And it just, it just kind of crept up again. And there's no doubt, like she, she definitely felt the nerves 
you know, once every time, single time she had a lead, uh, and I felt like whenever yep. she was down on the score, she she was playing a lot more freely, and it's, it makes a huge difference going into a final as a as an underdog, the way Von Drusova was versus as a favorite. I mean, I just felt that she was consumed by it. I mean, the the the, the nerves that you can have if, if you walk out on court, the nerves that you can have when you're trying to serve out a match or even just on match point where you're where you may be shaking. I remember seeing Goran Ivanisevic's legs shaking as he was trying to serve it out um, 20 years ago, almost to the day at Wimbledon. Uh, 20, actually 22 years ago, actually. So I always get 2003 and 2001 modeled up because 2003 was the year Federer, uh, final, you know, got over the line for the first time. But um, yeah, but those nerves are kind of different to just a, a whole being consumed by a lack of belief or confidence and I think it was there for her. I think she was, she was the first three points. I thought, oh, okay, she's a bit nervous. She was down 15, 30, but she held. Then she sort of seemed to breathe a bit and, and relax a bit. And it was Marquetta who was throwing in a few unforced errors. But from 4-2, every point that seemed to go against her, the confidence drained ever more. And it was that spell really from, from, from then until one love which although she did get it back in the in the second set, that was the defining spell of the match that meant that von Drusova was was very close, if you like, and ultimately she did go on to win the title. Um, but yeah, I guess the most painful defeat of her life is is partly because she just she didn't even turn up. I mean, I, I it was an interesting question posed a couple of days ago when I heard um, Miles and Nick talking. Is it worse to just get crushed, or is it is it worse to to be super close, um, you know, like a like a match point or or, or whatever? I remember City Pass when he lost very very narrow finals in 2021, and it was kind of okay because it's like he's on the right path. He's going to get there. Now he's getting crushed, and he's just not turning up in finals or, or in big matches. It's like oh, there this is this is a bigger problem and with Arms. We've also got the age thing to consider. And and I know there's plenty of people out there that are 29 and over that'll be going, listen, don't write me off yet. But it's <laughs> a little bit different in tennis. And it's a bit different when you haven't got over the line and you've had chances. You know, if you if you can say, look at Novak, 36. Yeah, but Novak has got over the line 23 times in the past. And I think he may well get over the line for 24th time, if not in the next 24 hours, very soon. But when you've been there three times and it's it seems to sort of drift away rather than get closer, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly I'm I'm really I'm still struggling to process this one. Um Vance has said a few things on Twitter. I was just seeing that. I he, you know, he said it earlier, hasn't been invested in a final for a long time. Um I certainly was here. My bias always shows to be fair but here it certainly it certainly was prevalent and brutal I, I honestly don't know maybe maybe the question that's worth asking is does Ons win one from here because I think that was her chance honestly um, I didn't expect her to get to another it final to be, be fair it has to be at Wimbledon though because like yeah. I, I mean you look at you look at the French Open it's like you guys a big favourite there and I don't really see it for her on the clay um, and then on the hard courts you know that's been her worst surface, like percentage win percentage wise, and it just wasn't suit her game as well. I could mm. maybe see it on the clay if Ega was out. Obviously, that was that's a massive if. I don't see anybody beating Ega for years at the French, to be honest. If she keeps it up, 
Um, but yeah, it's going to be one for them for me as well. She missed a chance to at least play Iga in the semis. Yes. I think she should have won that quarterfinal against Adad Maya. Yeah, yeah, could have and should have, yeah. I mean, I, I think I agree with you, Jack. I think it's something that Gil Gross touched on, that for her it's a once a year probably because I think with the hard courts, as you suggested, I think she did really well to get to the final last year. She did really well to push eager uh, as much as she could. But now a year on, the landscape of tennis is changing all the time and it's it's changing in a negative sense for those of you not named Elena, Arena or Iga. Um, I think in terms of hard courts anyway. Um, and I think you're right with the clay. I think she's in a group. I mean, listen, nine months is a long time in tennis, but she's in a group uh, on clay that are all sort of there, you know, Mukova herself, perhaps Sabalenka too, albeit that her style of game is very different. She's in a group of about 10 players who go into the French Open thinking, I might get to the final. But there's a group of one, uh, at the top of the tree, and and it's it's almost Rafa-esque at the moment at Roland Garros. I know she was pushed this year, but anyway, and so therefore it is grass, and there's going to be, you know, how often is she going to be able to get over those matches like she did against Savalenka and, and Rubakina? Because I think those two will come back even stronger next year. Those two are built to win multiple Wimbledon titles. I'll be shocked if Savalenka never wins a Wimbledon title. I'll be shocked if, if Rubakina doesn't win another one. So, yeah. Um, anyway, I think yeah. um, to to touch on some stuff that Gibley's mentioned there, you know, how much do we blame Jabir? How much do we credit Vondrosova? I do think a lot of, and unfortunately, this is just my take on it. Obviously, I don't know what's going on in Jabir's head, but from what I am watching, given the length of the points, given the nature of the unforced errors and the ball height, it's on Jabir. I'm sorry that period of time between 4-2 and 1-love, Jabir really, really did go off the boil. And okay, these power players are giving Jabir steady balls, not steady balls, but at least a consistent pace. You know, maybe there's a little less variety um, than Vondrosova, but there's, there, was, there was easy shots that Jabir was missing. Without a doubt, and that's just objective. You can see where the ball is in the court. There's no way that Jabir misses those without um, a little bit of uh, nerves in her legs. So... A lot of it's so got to two unforced errors today, Jack. And, um, yeah. you know, you know some of them were gone she, she was standing up on the baseline, and with her short take backs, she was absorbing all the pace and she was returning really, really well, going down the line. And I felt like she was just, she was playing a lot more reactive and instinctual tennis. Whereas today, she had to be the one, she had to be the one imposing the, the will, she had to be the one like coming up with the with the shots. And that, that's a whole other pressure on your own because it requires really, really good footwork really good positioning like and if you're nervous then and her entire game is based on like you know putting the ball in awkward places for the opponent and creativity and all of that just requires like such a such a clear thinking mind and she didn't really yeah. have that and I'm also looking at the serve stats and this is kind of interesting because I, I I praised her spot serving throughout the entire tournament and that's something she did really really well mixing up her locations Today, she went almost exclusively to the um, Vondrosova backhand on her first serves. And I'm looking at the stats like for, for the match total, for the match in, like total first serves in. On the deuce side, she went nine times out wide. So to the Vondrosova backhand. Four, and these are just first serves in. And then four, four times down the tee and just once in the body. And then on the, on the ad side, it was, even, it was even more exclusively to the backhand. 11 out of 15 serves, first serves. 
we're to the Vandross of a backhand and just two out wide to the forehand and two in the body. So, so lack of variety there on the serve. It's right. very predictable. When I, and then that's why she got broken so much. And when I looked at Vondrusova, it's like much more even spread, you know, like almost 40, 60 down the tee and out wide and two yeah. or three in the body and service location. It's, yeah. It's I, 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 I was saying halfway through the match, though, Vange, the first serve of Vondrusova in this matchup in particular didn't make a huge difference, I would say. I don't think she won that many first serve points in the end um, relative to... You know, normal stats for her, I would say. And certainly Sabalenka against Shubur, didn't matter how hard Sabalenka was hitting the serve, it was coming back to the baseline. So it was almost like pace was helping Shubur in a way. You really yeah. need that variety to kind of get her off the court. There were some good serves for sure, but it, it wasn't the defining factor for me, definitely. You know, when there was less pace in the ball, I feel like Shubur was struggling. The stats at the end of the first set, I don't know how much this changed, um, probably significantly, but she was at 44% for first serves in at the end of the first uh, set. And I thought that's going to be, you're going to struggle to hold serve when you're only going to get 44% of your first serves in. And and I'm just going to back up what Vance said about, you know, when when you're that kind of player who relies on precision and finesse and variety and, 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 and clarity of thought is so important. Um, and I, as, as I say, it's, it's it's not just a, you, you're shaking in that in that classic style of being nervous. It's just it's just consumes you, and, and and you just want the court to kind of swallow you up and and get it all over and done with, and hope that you come out on the right side of it. But I, I've seen players go through spells in in big finals, in big matches. I've seen Novak, even the best of them, Rafa, and so on. But they then some you know they, they as as Mary Carillo said that they choke, but they still win. Um, yeah. uh, about Rafa, she said it once, certainly anyway, regarding that 2019 final against um, Medvedev. Um, and you could apply it for the 22, 2022 final as well against Medvedev and so on and so yeah. forth. But I, I just felt that, that she would never really emerged from that, those doldrums. I think if, yeah. if it had gone to a third, if it had gone to a third, maybe. Go on, Jack. I, I was going to say it depends the kind of player because you can look at Jabir and say when she gets nervy, her shots are pretty flat. There's a high chance those balls start to go out. Right, if you're nervous, yeah. if you're Rafa, and you've got a forehand with 55 RPM on it, chances are that forehand's going to find the court pretty much RPS even, um, is going to find the court over and over again. You just spin it into play, right? So if you've got a player who can't then take advantage of the nerves, Rafa wins. Whereas Jabur, you can kind of you can be the one that just sits back and let her implode. It's a different way that nerves take hold, right? So you can be really nervous as a player and make the other player take advantage, or you can be really nervous as a player, and the other player can just sit back. And Shibuya is one of the latter. Okay, so uh, let's conclude with uh, the future uh, for both of these two players. Um, Makata von Drusova, can she... Um, I see her name being peeled off. That's a nice feeling, I'm sure. Uh, as she looks back at Rebecca Nabati Halep. That's another new winner, of course, we've had. New winners every year since 2018, maybe? What, did Serena win in 2018? No. It, no. Was, um, it was Kerber. Kerber, yeah. Kerber, okay. Yeah, so anyway, nice succession of, of new winners there. But listen, Von Drusova, the future uh, Vanch for her. Uh, we've seen her perform well on, on, on clay and on, on now on grass. Uh, can she have a good run in New York or, or, or how do you see this spell of the year going for her? I honestly have no clue because Von Drusova is a little bit inexplicable as a tennis player. There's just yeah. no going around that. I mean, 
it took her like it seems like almost every other year she does something really big you know when she won got to the french open final in 2019 and then silver medalist in 2021 and then now here so it seems like she it i honestly don't even know what surface because it could come anywhere maybe the next one will be in australia in 2025 i don't know or the us open but it suddenly feels like her game like she has with the with the um with the heavy topspin forehand that she has that could be good for clay the the um you know variety that she has on her backhand certainly helps her on grass and then just how solid her movement is could help her on hard courts so just in combination with everything so yeah. i think i don't actually think surface is that much of a factor it's just like staying healthy and uh and just like the depth of the tour because it's like you know I, people were asking me on twitter like you know if jabor were to win this match would we would be now, now start talking about a wta sort of big four emerging the last year or so and you know you know like we were we were starting to get some more stability in terms of like actual rivalries and also just like three or four top women that are in that are winning the big, biggest events basically or at least getting to the finals of all of them um but now it just you know with von Rusova winning even though she's really really talented she's been in major finals before you won't get that, that perception just won't be the same you know like now suddenly there's you might shift back to that perception of like you know if you're if if you stay healthy you know anyone in the top 50 can win can win a major and i don't know if that's the best thing for the women's game i mean just regarding that that ons big four thing i still thought you know putting her there because i think it was a now or never moment and that's what makes today all the sadder if if you're yeah. prepared and i think i heard somebody or one or two people say if she wins she's in the big four if she does but that's not how it works to be a member of the big four is you are there week in week out you are in indian wells final you're in miami semi-final you're in uh australian open final you're in french open semi-final and so on and so forth then you remember you know whether you're you know you get over the line sometimes and sometimes you don't because you run into ego on clay or or or, or whatever and and I just felt that that that, that for Ons it was never a case of her entering a, a so-called elite uh, group and therefore just dominating tennis for the next couple of years or even longer as we've seen on the men's side. I, and I think it's supported by the fact that all three of us felt it was now or never for Ons. Um, anyway, Jack, yeah, what about Von Drutzva in the future? I, mean, I think. Sorry, just one last point. I think this yeah, one sure. almost hurts more because like last year you could have said okay like she she should have got to the final with that kind of a draw you know and yeah. things really really opening up for her you know she didn't play anyone in the top 30 until the final whereas this time it's like you be, she she went through all the big hurdles she did she did all of that after having gone through a knee surgery earlier in the year where she skipped the middle east swing and then wasn't healthy in australia and then you know okay somehow won charleston but she hasn't really been in she wasn't really in, in any of our mixes to like I mean, she was maybe like a top five or top six contender just because we know how good she has been in terms of her pedigree. But no one really thought, okay, Anzjabor is winning Wimbledon this year. But I think once she got to the final, that's when, like, how can you not believe at that point, you know, when you've you've beaten Rybakina and Savalenka and Kavidova and Andrescu. It's like, if you don't win this now, you, you do all that effort and you get all the way to the very end. It's like, yeah, it's... That that's the most brutal thing about her because at least last year you could have been like okay the step up from like Tatiana Maria to Rybakina is huge, <laughs> so like you can't like she wasn't really prepared for that moment so I could I could I, you, you can kind of understand whereas here it's like yeah you really you know this was yours for the taking so I'm very confused by a lookalike of Kate Middleton wearing a pink jacket 
uh, wandering around, but it's actually not Kate Middleton. So there seems to be a doppelganger, and they've actually also found her to, to guide Marquette von Drusso around the bowels of the Wimbledon uh, place. Um, anyway, Jack, listen, let's let's have a quick word on von Drusso and the the short-term future. Fingers crossed she can stay healthy. She missed three of the last, sorry, she missed three of the four slams in 2022. Um, she's going through a good spell of fitness right now. Fingers crossed she can remain that way. Will she be, will will we go into, you know, if, if the US Open was was next week, would you be thinking of her of, of going far? <laughs> it's still kind of what um, Van said. Let me let me put let me kind of sum up Von Drosova's game quickly. The reason I didn't have her going too far in this tournament, she's a great great player. Like she is a great great player. She is not the kind of player that's gonna smack you off the court. She's I, I touched on that earlier with what I was saying. Her best weapon was it's that lefty forehand that kind of locks you in, right? And I expected a power player to win this this. This uh, tournament, I thought she was getting knocked out by Vekic in the third round. Um, I yeah. did say Pagula at her best. We did both say Von Drosova was going to win that. But Pagula yeah. ended up becoming very close, obviously. It was um, 4-1, 30-40, and Von Drosova comes back from the depths and wins five games in a row, right? Um, Von Drosova is a player that I would expect to go far if, she, if the draw opens up. And that's kind of what happened here. Right, she took advantage of the players that were in front of her. You still have to play very well to do that. You still have to beat every player in front of you. Fondrosova absolutely did a very good job of doing that. I would still expect her to get beaten by the biggest hitters on the tour, Ika and Rebakina and Sabalenka. Um, but if she plays the rest of the tour, Fondrosova has got a shot for sure, definitely. I, I almost feel, I mean, she's a lot younger, but it was kind of her moment today and she took advantage of it. And, and I do think that that little spell uh, probably helped her a bit. I mean, it was also a difficult one in beating Kudometova, who I had in my final, Vekic, who you had in your final. Coming through those two matches in straight sets, um, I thought, oh, okay, that's, that's, a, that's a really tricky second and third round. So once she gets to the fourth round, I'm now thinking she could make the final because... I wasn't convinced about Eager, um, and and I thought she's. Just, and I'm not saying I predicted her to get to the final. I certainly didn't predict her to win it even at that stage. But she was in a group. I mean, anyone could have got to that final on their day, as we saw from some of the random results that, that materialised. I um, want want to ask Van something actually as well, in case he no- in case he noticed this because I I I don't know how true this is. This is just conjecture. It yeah. looks like the course were playing quite slow this year. Um, I, I don't know how true yeah. that is. Like, uh, I think what happens is that we watch those lead-up tournaments pre-Wimbledon, and you know, and, and a lot of times we do make our predictions. A lot of that based on form, and all of that is all of that is good because like we don't have that much data. But I feel like they play a lot faster than Wimbledon does now. Yeah. Like especially, I mean, especially like Stuttgart is so fast. Like you know, the Netherlands, like pretty Berlin, like pretty much all these tournaments are so much faster than Wimbledon. Wimbledon is like. Maybe the slowest grass court tournament now. Yeah, but I mean, it's telling, right? And, and that, that would be advantage Von Drosova every time. If you can lock somebody into that kind of position where they feel like they, they've got sort of no escape, you're yeah. going to win the point kind of seven times. But she deals with the low bounce very well as, as well. So if it's slow and low bouncing, it's perfect for it. It, it makes sense. Honestly, it makes no sense how Von Drosova only had three or four grass wins before, before this tournament you know, started because. Like her game should work on the surface, you would think, and a lot of I, that was probably just injuries and form and just general confidence. Because yeah, 
I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I was totally saying that Von Joseph's game wouldn't work on grass. Honestly, Vanch, I was like, it, not that it, it would be rubbish, but just if the courts were a lot quicker, I thought somebody was going to hit her off the court and that just didn't happen. So I'm just wondering if the courts are just a little bit slower than they normally are, if that makes any difference. I don't know. I saw a lot of these players play in Berlin up close. I saw Sabalenka lose to Kudometova, and that actually made me think, okay, Kudometova maybe, because the way she played that day really impressed me. I thought, okay, from that half of the draw, it was a, you know, as a picker, pick or whatever the expression is in the US, where you just have no clue. Uh, and, and I went for Kudometova, and, and, and as I said before, I know that you went for, for Vekic. And of course, I saw Vekic up close, you know, beating Rabakano. I actually thought that that was a really impressive win. I thought Rabakano, I know she cited illness later, but I, I thought it was a really competitive match and was really close and could have gone either way. And congrats to Vekic. She got to the final there. I was super impressed with so many of the players that I saw there that, of course, were um, were competing at Wimbledon. And it gave me the belief that Kudometova could go all the way. But I did see Von Drusseva play really well against Yule Niemeyer, I think it was. Niemeyer actually pulled out hurt, but she was on the ropes, let's say. I think she was down a set and it was 6-all in the second. Um and I thought, okay, yeah. I mean, if you'd have told me then that she's only ever won two matches on grass before and they were both that same week, uh, yeah. I think she made it three in the end, didn't she? I, I, I just didn't know that fact. That's just astonishing that you can be 24 years old and have so few wins or zero wins on, on a surface. It's just nuts. Yeah. Also, she's fifth also, in the race. She was, down, she was down break point 4-1 in the third, like break point for 5-1 to Pegula. Agula, yeah. In the quarters. And that was going on at the same time as the Svindlina Sviantek match on court one. Mm-hmm. So like, there were multiple times, even in this tournament, where even against Bushkova, I think she was down a break point for Bushkova to go up 3-1 in the third. So there's there's always those like little moments. And I also saw her play uh, Andrescu in Berlin, and I was pretty impressed with, with her level then. I was like, okay, wow, she's changing. She's uh, hitting her forehand down the line really big. She's serving good spots she's not missing like it, it it it's definitely like not out of nowhere that like you know she's gone on a run but to actually win the thing was it's pretty it's pretty different Shabert's run for me come came a bit out of nowhere it did in Paris yeah. and it did here because what we saw right. between Paris and here was a first round exit in in Berlin and and her saying that she rushed back for Paris and that kind of materialized in the end yes. so actually it's Shabert's run that is equally surprising for me in a way, despite her track record. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, just just looking at a few of her previous losses, by the way, I just wanted to mention that for Von Drosova, just to kind of prove this point, I guess. She's losing to players. players right? yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you've got like Sabalenka, you've got Samsonova, Zachary, Radicanu, all players that are going to hit the racket out of your hands. And, <laughs> and I, I mean... She did play Vekic, to be fair. She did play Kudometova. These, you know, ladies can hit the ball pretty big. But, yeah, it's, it's still one I'm, I'm going to take a while to process, I think, guys. Yep, yeah. fair enough. Um, there's plenty of uh, interesting things going on in the chat about uh, loser speeches, and uh, but that's probably for another day. I certainly think... Um, I, I, I certainly wouldn't want to see losers. If you don't want to speak, that's fine. But in general... Um, you know, I've, I've seen some really tough ones for, for Roger even. And, and uh, I remember in Australia um, when he said, this is tough for me in 2009. And Raf, of course, had to return the favour, if you like, in 2017. And also today, really tough for Ons to speak. But 
I, I think Ons would probably have liked to, to speak to the audience in despite the uh, anguish that she would have been suffering. And I certainly don't like the philosophy outside of the slams, which is if you lose, you don't do a press conference pretty much, which I, I, I don't know. I think in a, in a, I don't mind skipping a few press conferences if, if it's a really tough one or you're feeling sick or whatever, but generally I would rather, I'd rather the media get a chance um, to, to speak to the players because if you're a fan, you love to hear from your player in, in success and in, in defeat. And um, yeah, that's my, my thoughts on it, but probably do that one for another day. Uh, Jack, it's a difficult one for Ons today. It's a great one for Kudometova. Um, Vanch, do you want to do you want to give it a go? <laughs> what did I say? Kudometova. <laughs> oh dear, dear, oh dear. It's a parallel universe. <laughs> you did have I've only had one Shandy so far. <laughs> Vanch, do you have sha- something called Shandy in the U- in the US? You have Shandies, right? I think I've seen it. Yeah. You think you've seen it? So it's lemonade with beer, basically. It's like okay. half-strength beer. But um, Vance's <laughs> suggestion that he thinks he's seen it uh, suggests yeah. it's not commonplace uh, in the US. Anyway, Vance, would you like to try, and you're more than welcome. Uh, hi, Adam. Oh, you you don't know this guy, do you, Jack? Adam? from He's from Glasgow. Adam Williamson. So I know him. I, I live with him for three months in Santander in the north of Spain. I don't um, know Adam Williamson. Oh, okay. Uh, but he's saying it's a small world. I wasn't sure if he knew you then. But uh, he, he's Wait, Glasgow, maybe... I think. He's a Celtic <laughs> fan, I think. Is he Rangers? <laughs> no, I think he could be Rangers. He is I, Rangers, I, actually. Well, I'm neither. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, I, know, I'm, I know, I know, I know. That's, again, that's a, that's a debate for another day. Uh, listen, Vanch, what I keep wanting to say is, how confident do you feel about seeing out this show with my, um, if you enjoyed this or whatever it is? Oh, yeah. Do you want to try it? Yeah, I'll re- I'll repeat it afterwards by pressing the button. But uh, give okay. it a go. If you enjoyed this video, make sure to hit that like button. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Wow, that's good. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network.